The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with our co-host, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. And this is it. Week 17 NFL is over, and we're getting ready to roll into the wild card playoffs. Spencer, let's wrap up last week. Last week was a very exciting week, especially in the 4 o'clock hour. You had four games that really had significant meeting heading into the playoffs. The playoff picture was very much in doubt. And in the 4 o'clock hour at halftime, a lot of things were certainly up in the air. You had a St. Louis Rams team that has had Seattle's number that already beat them back at the Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis, and they were up 6 to nothing at the half thanks to a Russell Wilson interception and a Marshawn Lynch fumble. You had Aaron Rodgers go down in the second quarter of a game with a calf injury, and Matt Flynn was, was taking snaps and had two series for Green Bay. So... Aaron Rodgers, people were thinking, could Rodgers potentially be out for the entire playoffs? But thankfully, because we like Aaron Rodgers and we never root for players to get hurt, Aaron Rodgers returned to the game and was able to lead the Packers on to a huge victory versus Detroit, and they were able to wrap up the second seed in the NFC playoff picture. You also have the Arizona Cardinals reeling. Ryan Lindley did look better in his second start of the season, but he still threw three interceptions in a loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And then you had the Denver Broncos, a team with Peyton Manning that has looked more inconsistent than in previous years. They still find a way to win 12 games, and that decision to go get Peyton Manning off of neck surgery is looking wiser and wiser as time continues to go by as Denver again has a first round bye in the playoffs. New England is a first seed in the AFC and the road to the Super Bowl will go through Foxborough. But the game that really intrigued me was the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. And you're saying, how could a game intrigue you when the winner of this division is only going to have seven wins on the year? Or how could a game like that intrigue you? But my answer to that is that, first of all, the winner of that divisional game in the NFC South is hosting a playoff game versus Ryan Lindley. 
an undrafted quarterback who's a third stringer in this league. So there, therefore, you have a pretty good chance to go into the second week of the playoffs and you're 120 minutes away from a Super Bowl. That's why that game intrigued me. Well, I'm looking at that and I see uh, a great defense. Carolina has been heralded as a good defense all year and defense wins in the playoffs. So I think Carolina certainly has a chance against Lindley uh, next week and wild card weekend. And, you know, with that defense, you just never know. That's a real up and down team. If you follow the Panthers all year, you'll see some r- r- really consistent play. And you don't know who's going to show up. But I, I myself, too, was intrigued by that game. And it just seems Matt Ryan, I, I, I love his game. Just seems like he comes up small in big games and playoff games. And he came up real weak at home. At the Georgia Dome, really shocking, thirty-four to three. You look at the New York Giants, and they were nine and seven when they went on to go on their second route to the Super Bowl. You look at NFC Wild Card teams or AFC Wild Card teams; all the time, they're able to win three football games, go into the Super Bowl, and win. Pittsburgh Steelers did that. Remember the Arizona Cardinals with Kurt Warner? Everyone thought they were overrated, but they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and they were one defensive stop away from defeating Pittsburgh in Tampa, Florida for a Super Bowl victory that year. So you look at these teams, you know, you look at these wildcard teams. Seattle, as an 8-8 eight and eight team a couple years ago, was able to defeat the New Orleans Saints that year of Marshawn Lynch. So Carolina is the hottest team in football. I fully expect them to compete with Seattle after they trounce Arizona. I mean, you were there firsthand when the Giants defeated Atlanta 24-2 in 2012. Don't you remember how momentum is the most crucial part to winning in the playoffs? And it doesn't matter what you did in Week 7 when you got trounced by Green Bay. This is a whole different football team now. What do you think about the prospects of Carolina possibly making noise in the playoffs and therefore having a chance to hoist the Lombardi Trophy as a 7-9 football team? You look at Cam Newton, you see a guy with a world of talent. He seems to be settling down. Uh, he looks healthy. He's certainly been battling through injuries this year. But he, he looks like he's healthy. They're coming in with momentum. There's a guy who could put the team on his shoulders and could certainly run. It's very difficult to stop. And reminds me a lot of Kaepernick, who, who obviously would be out of the playoffs this year, in the sense that the guy is a dual-threat th- dual quarterback. Try to say that while you're whistling eating crackers. Not that easy. For me, the game of the week, really one of the games of the year, was the Packers-Lions game. And Aaron Rodgers, just one of my favorite players. And truly, you look at it, he he went out, they had to cart him off the field, and he came back in the third quarter, and he was so relaxed. There was a guy who had a a Duck Dynasty beard, if if, if you remember this part of the game. He went over it. I I thought, I didn't know what he was rubbing his hand on a rosin bag or whatever, but they showed a replay. He was actually rubbing his hand on a guy's beard just for luck, and he was was laughing. And um, how can you not love Aaron Rodgers? And he just came in and took care of business and was, was playing on one leg and Sure enough, the Packers took care of business 30-20, to 20, ensuring themselves a bye next week. And now Aaron Rodgers has two weeks to recover. And putting my sports talk hat on for a moment, Spencer, 
two different injuries. Firstly, there was a quad strain. He went into the game limping. And next, he had a calf strain. And what does a strain mean? It means there's actually a micro tear in the calf. So he experienced weakness. He was able to stretch it out. He's And usually a minor calf strain that he apparently had, which is a grade one calf strain. In two weeks, he should be good to go. But that team in Lambeau uh, came through with a great victory, 30-20. to 20. And, uh, and certainly the, the Lions acquitted themselves well. And uh, in both of those teams are going in. They, they, have, they have everything to be proud of. 11-5, the Lions certainly deserve their share of the playoffs. One could argue about a 7-18, and 18, but 11-5, you deserve a spot in the playoffs. This is a Lions team that has been getting by on the skin of their T-fall year. Just, they are really a microcosm of a favorable schedule, this Lions team. They really are an overrated bunch. I mean, Matt Stafford, you expected him to have a terrific year, and the Lions won despite of Matthew Stafford and despite of his team. Because without Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, even though he has a ton of arm talent, this Detroit offense is very pedestrian with Golden Tate being the best player. And you look at Detroit, they should have lost to Miami. Uh, the Falcons had them on the ropes in London. Detroit has just had a cakewalk of a schedule, and they have just been winning games by the skin of their teeth. And they are going to come, their season is going to come to an end in a very harsh way next week in Arlington, Texas. But for Jim Caldwell and this group to get to 11 and 5, even though they're beating the Vikings by two points every week, it seems, I mean, I guess that's a moral victory for Detroit fans. But I think that Dallas, in my mind, has a 93% chance of beating Detroit by 14 or more next week. What do you think about that game, Dallas versus Detroit? Do you think Detroit on Sunday showed that they can test Dallas and beat Dallas? I actually don't. Uh, I agree with you. I think that Tony Romo certainly had an MVP-like season. I don't usually agree with Jerry Jones, but in this case, I do. You look at Dallas, the, the, the strength of their team has to do with their line play in the trenches. Really uh, large offensive linemen. They played really well. DeMarco Murray, albeit his Achilles heel, he'll, he'll fumble here and there. But I, I think it's, it's Dallas's time to win a playoff game. It's certainly a long time coming. Tony Romo looking at him, approaching age 35. It certainly has been through a lot with respect to uh, – to spine surgeries and fractures and rib fractures, clavicular fractures, you name it. If we wanted to do a symposium about sports injuries, we just have to uh, go no further to Tony Romo. And I, I think that this will be their, their chance. I don't see the Lions as a team that has made you know much of any noise in the playoffs. And I think it's finally time for Dallas to take the next step and get it to the uh, second round of the playoffs. Right, you look at this Dallas Cowboys team and you saw them in person with DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant has been having an incredible season. He actually passed Michael Irvin's record yesterday for touchdowns in a route versus Washington. And you look at momentum and along with Carolina, Dallas is just on a Dallas is on a four-game winning streak. They defeated Chicago, the Philadelphia Eagles 
Indianapolis, and then yesterday Washington. You look at at their team, and it seems like they're coming together and gelling at the right time. It's just a matter of if their defensive line can get pressure on their quarterbacks because their secondary is, however, weak. And it should be a very exciting matchup, uh, Green Bay versus Dallas, if Dallas uh, can get by Detroit, which we here at Brewster Sports Stock believe can happen. Another team I want to talk about is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Baltimore, they lost to the Houston Texans, and they were trailing 10-3 to Connor Shaw. So the recap, a Case Keenum-led Texans team in Houston defeated Baltimore 25-9, and Flacco looked looked very – he really looked weak in that game versus Houston. And then yesterday, for much of the game, for the duration of the game – uh, he didn't turn it on until the fourth quarter when he had to. And thanks to San Diego losing to Chase Daniels and the KC Chiefs yesterday, Baltimore is now a sixth seed in the playoffs, and they are going to a very familiar site in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. What is your whole input on this AFC North right now? Because you have the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting Baltimore next week, and the Steelers just were able to beat Cincinnati. So do you think Baltimore is able to rekindle the magic that they had two years ago? Or do you think that their playoff mirage is a very short trip ending in Pittsburgh? What is your feel right now on the Baltimore Ravens? Well, my, my thoughts are more with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I feel Pittsburgh is going to win the game. And I want to elaborate more upon this. But we're right at the break. We'll be back in three minutes. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 
at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the second segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Here on VoiceAmerica.com, I want to thank Sports Director Raymond Ellis for navigating our show and giving us the opportunity to roll into the new year with Bruce the Sports Doc. I want to thank the president of the network, Mr. Jeffrey Spinard, wishing him a most happy new year and all the best to the Voice America Network and especially my co-host, Spetch of the Wizard, as we roll into the next segment of Bruce's Sports Talk. You had finished the last segment by asking me, what are your predictions? Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens. And just as I was about to answer, I realized time was up. But we're back. And my prediction is the Ben Roethlisberger's going back to their glory days are going to win at home. The steel curtain, while the defense is not as formidable, we have certainly Le'Veon Bell, a two-way back, rushing and receiving, much like he demonstrated last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, where he averaged a meager 2.5 yards per game, but was uh, showed some 80 yards of receiving. So I am predicting that the Steelers will beat the Ravens, the Ray Riceless Rays, Ravens. Try to say that. The Ray Riceless Rays, Ravens, Raisins, Raisins. Spencer, having said that, what's your opinion on the game? Maybe you'll be able to speak a little more clearly. <laughs> well, Ray Rice was actually spotted eating raisins yesterday, watching the Ravens, and he was eating some r- uh, I'm not I, I don't, rabbit food. <laughs> Can't even think of an R word that starts with food. But anyway, I do want to actually predict all the playoff games in the third segment that I haven't already predicted. So I'll kind of leave that as a little teaser. A little Ryan Seacrest will be back after the break sort of thing that's going to be happening in the third segment. But there was something that happened yesterday, a little NFL tradition. Bruce, can you tell us about that um well i can think of a tradition on one of the most penalized players in the league pulled out a play from one of my favorite wrestlers bruno san martino as he bounces off the turnbuckle and stops aaron Rodgers. so yes that i'm not sure that's what you're looking for but mr sue has now been Let's go back to our friend Harry Callis. He's out of there for the playoff game next week. Spencer, you probably saw the replay over and over again. Hard to imagine that he just, by happenstance, happened to have just stopped having stepped on another human being and then took another step back and not 
having any proprioception in his feet, decided he would just stand there for a few seconds. Kind of hard to imagine, but Mr. Sue certainly can surprise and dazzle with some of his on-the-field exploits. Spence, you've seen the replay. Was it purposeful or not? Absolutely. I mean, Aaron Rodgers let go of the football five seconds ago. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, four, five Mississippi seconds. And then... Indomitian Sue decided he wanted to get sued again by the National Football League. And it was so blatantly obvious. The the coaches must have told the players, you know, go after Rodgers' calves because that's gamesmanship in the NFL. But Indomitian Sue always takes it to another level. And the irony here is if you actually listen to Indomitian getting interviewed, he's a very intelligent guy. Just on the field, the inner animal seems to take it to another level. Totally blatant mistake or Maybe not a mistake, but just such poor sportsmanship by Indomitian Sue. And now he really has cost his team big time because he is a very good defensive run stopper for the Detroit Lions. And now he is out for next week's playoff games, which could be their last game of the season. I, t- I totally agree with that. And with that, we go into what is the subplot which is Black Monday. And we're going to go through a list of stellar performances by coaches, which end up inevitably in there receiving their pig slip. Certainly, we won't want to make light of a firing, but if we're going to do it, today's the day Black Monday will go through. We'll start off with the New York Jets. Not a great surprise. Rex Ryan, after years of... Certainly living off of his two excellent playoff victories, AFC championships, the magic is over. Mark Sanchez is merely a memory, a guy who has taken his uh, turnover act to Philadelphia, so to speak. And Rex Ryan, I believe, if we look back on the days when him and Woody Johnson were, were pals on TV, and certainly uh, Rex is is a walking soundbite, a very likable person. Uh, th- this this was the end of the line, a, re- a real bland year, and the Jets are turning the page on Rex Ryan. Spencer, give me your thoughts on the firing of Rex Ryan, cleaning house, Mr. Itzik, the general manager, gone, is out of there. And who, if you had to guess, which was speculation, who will be manning the helm of the New York Jets next year? Well, you look at this job, and of course, New York is a nice metropolitan area, a nice city to live. You could live in New Jersey. You could live in New York. But Rex Ryan, I want to thank him for that hard knocks in 2010 because that was comedy gold, and this guy is clearly great behind a mic. Rex Ryan will land on his feet quickly. It is rare to go and take a team within one step of a Super Bowl in two consecutive years. The guy is very liked by his players and he is a defensive mastermind like his brother Robert so 
I really liked what Rex Ryan did. Unfortunately, offensively, he didn't really have that much of a sense for what he was doing. And when Timothy Tebow was brought into town by Tannenbaum and Woody Johnson, that was really signing his demise because Tim Tebow created such a circus there that Mark Sanchez really struggled. Sean, Sean Green aged very quickly. And when LaDainian Tomlinson and Plexico Burris decided to leave that New York Jets team, that offense had no weapons and pretty much had no chance of really competing for a playoff caliber level in a division where you see Tom and Bill Belichick twice every year. So for Rex Ryan, he had a good stop, but even last year, the writing was on the wall in New York and the Jets rolled the dice with Geno Smith and it looks like that dice is not giving them a friendly, friendly role even though he did have a perfect passer rating yesterday Geno Smith does not look like the long-term solution in New York as they are securing another top seven draft pick so for Rex Ryan Bruce it looks like he is a guy that is an unbelievable defensive coach and it looked when when Mark Sanchez was a decent starting quarterback for the Jets and they had a running game of Tomlinson and Green was when they were at their best what do you think of Rex Ryan his whole term in New York, Bruce. But what do you think about his prospects as a coach? What does he bring to an NFL team going forward? Well, I agree with you. I I believe he's a a very sound defensive coordinator. And I think that that will be his next stop. It's usually the case when head coaches get fired, they usually end up uh, transitioning back through a coordinatorship. In his case, a defensive coordinator. Uh, Personally, um, watching the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I feel that they uh, their coaching really was poor on the defensive side. They just failed to adjust to a weak secondary. Failed to uh, it, it, it. I I I would I'd love to see Rex Ryan uh, come in with Chip Kelly. Although I'm not sure those two personalities could coexist for more than a few minutes together in the same room. But I believe there there are plenty of good defensive coordinatorships. I'm just not sure. That after the last few years, where the Jets were were, were so um, so dead, that that any any owners are really going to be too excited about Rex taking over as a head coach. I I agree with that also, and Rex Ryan has been a little bit controversial. His personality. Is not exactly to the extreme of his father, buddy, but he is a very exuberant guy or charismatic guy. But he can show his temper, he can rub people the wrong way, and offensively, he's a head coach that just doesn't control the whole system that, like, such as maybe Bill Belichick would or Tom Coughlin or other coaches in the NFL. But I think it's time to move on quickly to some other results. And I can read off the next name is a guy who only coached two years coming from the Canadian Football League. And he was an offensive coordinator for a while out west in the NFL is Mark Tressman and the general manager of Chicago are both leaving this city unemployed currently. Yes, that's an interesting one because Tressman seemed so convinced that he'd be leading the Bears into the next season and that he learned so much from from this season. And obviously management thinks differently. Even Virginia McCaskey, the 91-year-old matriarch, uh, literally was quoted as saying that she's pissed off. So that's coming from a 91-year-old. I guess we can explain 
why there was a firing in Chicago. Well, that second segment sure flashed by in a hurry. We hope you're enjoying Bruce the Sports Talk. Stay right there. It's time for a look at sports from behind the lens with Pete Delonzo. This show provides an inside focus on what goes on in the sports world that you don't hear about on most sports talk radio shows. There have been a lot of changes in the way sports on television is presented. This includes rules, looks, and attitudes. Pete Delonzo has a 30-year-plus Emmy Award-winning career working behind the scenes in sports coverage. Now you can get the real story behind the lens with Pete Delonzo. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented by Outdoor Channel. We're going after elk, and our hunting party will include executive producer of Realtree Outdoors, David Blanton, outdoor writer Tim McWelch, Cabela's optics manager Phil Severinsen, and award-winning author Keith McCafferty. Did you know that elk threaten each other by curling back their upper lip, grinding their teeth, and hissing softly? That's what Jim does. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network. And when we last spoke to you, we were talking about Mark Tressman and that he was dismissed by the Chicago Bears. First of all, I think for a franchise to give Jay Cutler a six-year deal where I think it made Jay Cutler the highest paid player in the entire league, I think that's a crucial error in management. Because Jay Cutler, his personality, it just doesn't seem like Jay Cutler is engaged or helping his teammates. Now, we only have a 60-minute sample size. We're not inside of the building. But you've heard multiple stories by highly acclaimed writers of ESPN and other sources that have said that Jay Cutler kind of is a personality that doesn't like to engage other teammates 
or he's just not an enjoyable guy to be around. But I don't know Jay Cutler personally. I can't make those claims. But the bottom line is that Jay Cutler kind of looked like a guy that was apathetic towards what was going on. It looked like there was a huge disconnect between the quarterback and the fellow players on that team. And they have Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, and they have the tight end. Uh, I just can't remember his name, but... It will come to me. He's a very talented Pro Bowl tight end that we will find soon here on Bruce the Sports. The bottom line is Chicago has so much talent. I forgot to even mention Matt Forte is one of the best running backs in all of football. And the offense really struggled this year. Jay Cutler for 23 interceptions. And the bottom line is if you're not able to coach an offense like that and and produce nice numbers with a very strong-armed quarterback, then I definitely believe that you deserve to get canned. And that's what happened in Chicago. Their defense wasn't superb. Even with Jared Allen coming to town, Lance Briggs being there, they didn't look at all like they did like the uh, monsters of the midway. So I completely understand the firing of Tressman and his stock is way down, I think, heading in for his next job. What are your feelings on Mark Trestman? Well, certainly he, he came in with an impressive resume from the Canadian Football League. He, he seems to be a student of the game. He particularly is an offensive master as opposed to Rex Ryan, who, who's the opposite. The question is, you know, he's the kind of guy that, that, that a, a, a lower-level team might build upon. So certainly a guy who could get another head coaching job sooner rather than later. It's just hard to gauge the temperature of some of the teams that will be lucky to replace their coaches. And I could see him certainly going to be an offensive coordinator, a team for instance like the Jets. I don't see Marty, Marty Morningweg coming back. You know, I think his stock has fallen a lot. And uh, you you could see Tresman coming back in a uh, advisory capacity. That's in a coordinatorship. But again, the the Bears really had it off here. They have a lot of talent in a very disappointing season, and they got blown out a lot. And the whole idea of giving $22 million to Jay Cutler, who literally Aaron Rodgers and two other starting quarterbacks make less money than Jay Cutler, that was clearly something you can't blame on the coach. That When there's so much money devoted to one player, it really uh, affects the rest of the team, the rest of the payroll. So that was poorly thought out. You look at Jay Cutler, he doesn't have elite footwork. He doesn't make unbelievable decisions with the football. He's a guy that, even though he has a nice arm, he has never taken his ability to an MVP-type caliber guy. And if he'd use his weapons around him, Martellus Bennett is the tight end of Chicago, very tall tight end, very talented, who's been in the league for a while. You have Alshon Jeffrey out of South Carolina, who's a complete stud. Brandon Marshall, very well known as an elite wide receiver in this league. So for the Bears not to operate and score at a high clip, that's going to be a very tough sell for Mark Tressman going into his next job. I definitely would mark Rex Ryan as a guy who I'd expect to get um, who to land on his feet quicker than Mark Tressman. 
because at least Rex Ryan's defense has always brought it every year. In fact, they almost beat New England two weeks ago. Their defensive line in New York was always very superb, and at least he can hang his hat on something. Mark Tressman doesn't have something to hang his hat on now because of how much Chicago struggled. Well, I think we need to uh, go to the worst-kept secret award. It was clear that owner York of the San Francisco 49ers was not getting along well with Mr. James Harbaugh. And the rumors all year were that, that he was going to go, and that has been finalized. I thought they, they handled it professionally. Uh, they didn't air their dirty laundry. And it's clear that Harbaugh is going back to his alma mater, going to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. And he, he's got a great package, actually. Uh, six years, $48 million. He will be the highest paid college coach, eclipsing Nick Saban in at, at Alabama. And so it seems like a bit of a no-brainer for James Harbaugh. And again, he's a fiery coach, did great at Stanford, and he won't have to worry about dealing with professional football players' egos or owners or any of that. But instead, you know, being a college coach, you, you deal with recruiting and that whole business of turnover with respect to every year. And at this point, Michigan and the Michigan fans seem to be really thrilled with the return of their hero, Jim Harbaugh. Well, you look at Harbaugh, and his personality is very fiery, as you mentioned. You see him on the sidelines constantly talking and yapping new officials. I just don't know if it's a great decision to go back to Michigan because his his legacy there is a very good and a very strong legacy. And you look at their athletic director, who I think has just gotten dismissed from last year, who officially resigned with coach... Um, with, with the coach of Michigan, Brady Hoke. So for Jim Harbaugh to go back to Michigan, it is definitely putting his legacy in Ann Arbor on high alert. And it could be tarnished because he is a guy that is impatient. He will probably want to get back to the National Football League because he was one play away from winning a Super Bowl. He was a goal line. He was five yards away from hoisting a Lombardi trophy. So looking at Jim Harbaugh going back to college, I think it is a risky move for Jim Harbaugh, but not for the University of Michigan because under Brady Hoke, they were a team that is is in dire straits of getting back to relevance on the national scale in college football. They have been in the cellar of the Big Ten for a while in a conference that seems to be losing steam with every passing year. So for Michigan and the Big Ten, this is a huge boost now having Harbaugh. They really landed a home run higher in Ann Arbor. But for Jim Harbaugh, he could have had the Oakland job and he probably could have had the New York Jets job too. So for him, going back to college, I don't necessarily think it's a it's a great move. I think it's a move that his family had a lot of impact on going to Michigan because he is known as a hero there. And look at Bill O'Brien when he left Penn State. When coaches leave colleges, even Nick Saban with LSU, it is tough to gain back that legacy that you built there as a player you know, for Jim Harbaugh. And I I think it could be some uh, some shaky ground he walks on in the next couple of years when he wants to get back to coaching at the pinnacle of the sport, which is the professional level. Okay, Spence. So now let's 
just following up on what we said before, who will be leading the 49ers in 2015? Obviously, this is all speculation. It's too early to know for sure, but I'm sure the listeners are curious to hear about your speculation. Well, you have to look at the college level about coaches who might want to take a jump and guys that I could see translating very well to the to the NFL are Kevin Sumlin. I think at Texas A&M he has built a powerhouse with Johnny Manziel. He had Tannehill for a year, and then he had, he now has Kyle Allen. He does have Kyler Murray. He has some very talented quarterbacks that are at Texas A&M, some solid players on the outside, That Malcolm Kennedy. They have a nice offense in Texas A&M, but I think if the 49ers come calling, I could see Kevin Sumlin possibly be the coach of the 49ers. Another name that would really fit the brand there is a guy who's right down the road, literally at Stanford. And remember, Jim Harbaugh coached at Stanford before accepting the 49ers job. So Coach David Shaw, also known as a Derek Fisher lookalike, that guy would be a fantastic fit. And it's funny because you really gave me a question off the top of my head, but I think David Shaw would definitely be a great fit. And I think you'll hear that name coming up very soon well we're just coming to the end of the third segment i want to thank all the listeners to bruce the sports talk on the voice america network we'll be back Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. 
You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Well, this is the fourth and final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network. This is the last episode of 2014. I want to thank you, Bruce the Sports Doc, for an unbelievable year. And, of course, our crew in Phoenix, Arizona at the Voice America headquarters. Just an awesome 2014. And for our last segment, it couldn't be a more fun segment as we get to do the easy job of discussing some playoff football. It is finally here. We now have 12 teams remaining in the NFL, and let's get to some playoff predictions. Bruce, the sports doc, are you ready to ride for the last time in 2014? And let's bounce off, and let's get our predictions. We'll start off with the game, which will be Cardinals versus Panthers, and that will be at 435. Saturday afternoon, settle into your Barco lounger. We, we touched upon this a bit. And who are you picking this game, Spencer? Ironically, this is a game on ESPN, the mothership of networks. You'd think it would be on NBC because all the Saturday games were originally on NBC. As I alluded to in segment one, for those fans that were listening, I hope you were. I expect the Carolina Panthers to steamroll Arizona. Ryan Lindley, four interceptions in this football game. The the Panthers will be living in the confines of the Arizona pocket. And I do believe it will be a very rough day for that undrafted free agent from San Diego State and Ryan Lindley. I, I like Ryan Lindley as a person, unfortunately, for him as a playoff starting quarterback. I don't think the prospects are very high of Arizona going into Charlotte and getting a win. I expect Panthers to score 35 points, a couple pick sixes. Arizona will put up 10. Predicting uh, the Panthers win, lower scoring game. Panthers squeak out a win over the Cardinals 17-13. Let's move to the next game, the evening affair on Saturday. We have the Baltimore Ravens going into the home of the Steel Curtain. Both cold-weather teams, and that game will not be very warm, beginning at 8.15 at night on Saturday, January 3rd. My prediction will be Steelers in a game marked by Turnovers and penalties. I'm predicting Steelers roll 24 to 10. Spencer, your prediction, please. It's just comical. I had the number 24 also in my head as I was thinking of the score for this game. I do expect Baltimore to hang. That's always what these games are. You know, you never really see one team get routed, whether it's a game in Baltimore or whether it's a game at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, which is the host site for this playoff occasion. These are never games where the team that's winning can break away. 
I always I envision this game Pittsburgh having a seven to ten point lead almost the entire time. I'm gonna go with 24-13 Pittsburgh. They're gonna tack on a late score, and Pittsburgh is going to be able to go on to the divisional round because Pittsburgh again is a team that finally is getting back to a relevant stage and in the playoffs with Tomlin and Roethlisberger they are not a team you want to see in the postseason well let's go into Sunday of wildcard weekend we talked about the Bengals uh they've really been uh their tire has been losing air uh over the last few weeks albeit with one exception and they're going to play Andrew Luck, who is one of the most poised quarterbacks, a guy who just stepped in, playing at home in the Lucas Oil Stadium at a very comfortable 72 degrees indoors, 1 o'clock on Sunday. My prediction is that this seems like an easy one. I think the Colts are, are going to win going away. And as far as the score, I'm going to reach into my bag of tricks and see that this will be a blowout. I'm predicting Colts 30, Bengals, the Andy Dalton team, will continue to have no wins under his tutelage. The answer will be 30, Bengals 10. Spencer, your prediction in this game. I do actually think this is time for Andy Dalton to get the monkey off his back because he has owned three in the playoffs and they've had some nice years in Cincinnati. And with every waking year, the Bengals fans have become more impatient with this quarterback from TCU and he just hasn't performed at a high level when the games start to matter in early January. I do look at this Colts team and they just got pummeled by Dallas. The Steelers were able to handle them. They beat Cincinnati already at home during the regular season, but it's hard to beat a team twice, and it looks like I'm going to do it. I really do believe that Cincinnati and their defense can pull out a win here versus Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis is a reeling team. I'm going to go with 23-17 to Cincinnati over Indy. Andy Dalton gets to go to the second round this year. Well, we come to the uh, the fourth, and the way they stage these games, I, I, I believe it is correct that the Lions-Cowboys game will be of most national interest, particularly the Cowboys, some believe still, are America's team. We touched upon this earlier. You speculated that I believe the Cowboys would get their victory, and I do concur. I'm going to predict a higher-scoring game here. I'm going to predict a bit of a shootout. Cowboys in a scoring slugfest. 48, the Matthew Staffords and the Megatron Johnsons come in at 34 points. Not good enough. Spencer, your thoughts on Cowboys-Lions. I do want to say here with this thought is that if the, if the Detroit Lions get up to I believe you had it 34 points. Then that is a not a good that that is not really a good sign for the Dallas Cowboys heading into Green Bay next week if they allowed the another NFC North team to put up those type of numbers. I believe though that this Dallas team 
with Tony Romo plans to win some playoff games. And I'm going to come up with a convincing 41-17 score here. I think that Detroit is very flawed. Matthew Stafford, their running game hasn't been solid. Even though Stafford is ultra-talented, I just think that this year... Uh, it, it hasn't. It's been an up and down year for Stafford, and I think that the road ends in Arlington with the Cowboys with a very convincing win, and they continue to head upstream with a lot of gas in the tank. And it looks like next week will be an absolute thriller. I think it's going to be another primetime Sunday night game. I think it's going to be Green Bay Dallas. It could be the game of the year with the Cowboys heading into Aaron Rodgers' house next week. Bruce, as we look at these teams right here, in the in the NFC, or actually looking at all eight of these teams, which team, rate three teams that can win the next game that they play, the divisional round, confidence in teams right here, in all of these eight, which teams strike out to you or stand out? Well, I'm looking at them, and I I see, I don't see the Panthers winning the game after this one. I I just don't see either Cardinals or Panthers. I think Cardinals are limping in with Ryan Lindley. Um, Steelers, I think, have what it takes. They've they've got a solid defense, excellent coaching, and Ben Roethlisberger throwing uncharacteristically high numbers. I think they have what it takes. They, they've 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 got a lot of heart. The Colts, uh, um, they, they, it all goes with, with Andrew Luck. They could do it. And certainly the Cowboys could go on a run. So I, the, the only team I don't really see going beyond this win would be the Panthers. Okay. So I'm going to give you a question. I'm going to narrow it down and make it more clear. You believe that the Colts have a chance in Foxborough because that's what the matchup's going to be. How does that sound to you? <laughs> doesn't sound all that good. <laughs> Sounds a lot worse, doesn't it? When, when you, I break it down, the when like you that. break down, you know, as we actually look at the teams, certainly they'd have a better chance going into uh, Denver. And the Patriots look really good. They look like they're on a roll, and they uh, they lost a few recent Super Bowls to your team, the New York Giants. And it looks like they have something to prove this year. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if if this is the Patriots' year. My confidence ratings is going to be pretty... It might be a little bit surprising, but maybe not to you. I'm going to leapfrog. I think the Steelers can beat Denver in the second round. I really do think they have a great chance with Denver being so inconsistent this year. If they put pressure on Peyton Manning, if their defense shows up versus Flacco, they're a team with the offensive firepower. They can definitely um, defeat Denver. That's a game that should be a very exciting one if it happens. And then you look at Dallas. I do think it could be their time. It could be their time to go into Green Bay. I think it's going to be quite a game. I think it's going to be ultra-competitive if they can keep the ball away from Rodgers. And it all hinges on if they can get to Matt Stafford this week because I want to see signs of their defense coming to life. It's another test with Golden Tate, Calvin Johnson, a really good um, receiving core. So, But my upset going, going forward, the team to watch is Carolina. I do believe they can compete with Seattle. I'm not yet ready to say if they can beat them or not. That, of course, will wait for the following week for the new year, 2015. Well, having said that, you lead us right into the wrap-up. I want to thank all the listeners to our show. I want to thank all the production people. 
And most importantly, I want to wish everybody a happy and safe new year moving ahead. And that's it. Bruce, the Sports Top, wrapping up here. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce, the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.